0: Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Hello to all the Talk Cosmos audience. Tonight is February 16th, and our topic is again Aquarius, the last of four, and it's freedom to be unique, that glorious energy of giving us the beauty of living and being our own real self. I have a few quotes, interestingly, that one is by Ruth P. Freeman, change occurs when one becomes what one is not when one tries to be what one is not. And Einstein, he says, everything is energy and that's all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality you want and you cannot help but get that reality. It can be no other way. This is not a philosophy, it is physics. Thank you, uh, Albert Einstein. The voyage of being that unique self can be such a yearning there's many books about it there's many get well well help (laughs) and that's what I was thinking of, of so many factors involved but really it is your own pathway and that's the beauty of it in all truth because the other 10 houses have developed the self and at this point in the 11th house it's your claim to fame it's your your identity that that is beautifully on the stake. Live it. Do it. That's the message. There was a, a rabbi at his deathbed asked, uh, what do you think God is going to ask of you? And he says, well, "I have no idea. But I know that he won't ask me if I was Moses or David. He's going to ask me, was I me? <laughs> so I, I think that's such a great idea. Well, there's many points that we can bring in about this whole process. But tonight's guest is from Seattle area, John Foster. And John is the founder of his own software company, Eternity Software. In fact, he's created astrology software that he demonstrated back east at a great conference just this last month. And it's projected to be launched in about a year. It's going to the beta program, which I have no idea what that means, but he's been trying to tell me. But the fact is, is that it, it will be happening. And that'll be quite a gift. People are very excited about it. And he's an honor graduate of the Noel Till Master Certificate, also certified with Chris Brennan elect, Elective Astrology. They're two different factions, and he's selling for a third that's yet to be unknown. He's always on the growth process. He is the vice president for the Washington State Astrology Association here in Seattle that meets during nine months, except for the summer, and he does workshop instruction. So, with great pleasure, hello, hello, John.
1: I see. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. kind of interesting seeing you in this environment.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. So, we are in the studio. It's so nice. The snow is left. Ugh. And we're here finally, back to some beginning.
1: Yeah, I almost didn't think I was going to get back home last week oh, because the flight was almost uh, canceled. But, uh, now,
0: what conference was that that you were um, at?
1: Each year, uh, Noel Till started a conference that all of the Till students get together. Mm. Um, and now he's no longer able to do it himself. And so some of the students, Kathy Rose in particular, um, has taken the lead. And she now puts it on each year. And, of course, we go to uh, learn and to support and um, just to have a really good time like we did this time.
0: Well, that's a real community, actually an Aquarian mm. situation. So that's beautiful. And I see one other quote I wanted to say. And then Rumi, we had talked about this. It was just something I read. He says, you're not a drop in the ocean. You are the ocean in a drop. Yeah, so I love that. How did you find that. your drop in the ocean?
1: Ah, oh, through a long journey. It wasn't uh, easy. As you know, you've heard parts of my story, which I will not share. I'm not sure I can remember, time. so please tell. <laughs> Lead on. Well, I didn't have an easy time growing up and um, had very insecure self-esteem when I was young. And um, I didn't really have anything. I kind of grew up in like an orphanage. Um, Talk about having to learn your freedom at an early age. I had to learn how to survive on my own and um, stayed there and graduated high school. And they hand you a suitcase and say, you got one week to go and like boom, you're out on your own.
0: Like a bird out of a the nest. So there
1: again, another dose of freedom. Uh, what do I do with it? Well, this boy here is Scorpio's son with a Capricorn moon.
0: <laughs> has <laughs> and, a few resources. And
1: has some <laughs> Uranian energy on the Ascendant to boot. So he decided, let's be strategic about this. We'll join the military, and then we'll get a free education. So even though I hated authority, couldn't stand authority figures, I joined the military. (laughs) And consequently, that was the start of of my long process. Went overseas, lived overseas for a while. Um, But I started studying astrology when I was a teenager. And I think in the beginning I studied it because I thought in that true scorpionic way, if I could just learn what this is, if I could master it, I could control and manage and manipulate everything. Mm -hmm. And it took me many, many years to realize that uh, that's a fantasy, that that's not like, uh, fortunately, that's a fantasy, let's put it that way, that we have a lot of free will um, if we choose to use it. And, And, yeah.
0: Yeah, free will, that really is a signature, isn't it? And that's the glory of Aquarius and the freedom to be your Mm -hmm. own unique self, those choices.
1: I think so. I think um, you can't do anything without free will. If anything happens to you and it isn't by your choice, then it's by an accident. Okay? So, and, you know, you're talking about Aquarius tonight. Remember, Aquarius is the opposite of Leo. Leo is where you get to shine. This is where you get to be all that you can be. And let everyone know you're there. You're strutting around in your peacock feathers. But when you're an Aquarius, you get to be all you can be but within a group. You're doing it for the group benefit. It's not just for your benefit anymore. It's, it's taking it to another level. So it's interesting that we talk about freedom. But really, it is freedom, but it's freedom to help other people. It's not really freedom to isolate yourself in a cave and then you go, okay, I'm doing my own thing now, and this is really exciting, and it's just me. And you don't grow because there's nobody there. It's just it, you. It's very you true. You need people.
0: And a group, I was reading, too, that there's Aquarius. Well, one of the ways it really strengthens your growth is through groups mm-hmm. because it's that like-minded, and it's the improvement of it. But there's so many illustrations of where being in a group can can put your, your life into function. And I kept thinking, and this really triggered a, an expansion of that, of the benefit of a group. Because of our talk tonight, because looking at different articles and not to get, uh, but just to reinforce what you're saying here. For instance, there's some farming groups here in the northwest where the land has been made, public land is made, made into farms, and people learn how to 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 farm. For instance, and the benefit of that is that it 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 well it started with a man that didn't even know how to garden, but it, which is. Exactly sort of the Aquarian thought. You know, you have an idea that works with other people. And because you're working with other people, you can exhibit your organizational or your training or your leadership in, in that group. And then the other people get involved and they're able to participate and maybe mm-hmm. b- grow food and bring it to families or to groups. And Just one example.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think, too, that you need other people because... Let's face it, if you don't have another person, how do you know who you're being? How do you know that you're being yourself if you are not in full awareness of somebody else? How do you know if you if they're being themselves? Unless you can sit there opposite them, next to them, them by your side, all around you, and you get to reflect and see yourself in the mirror of other people. You need You need that mirror. If you want to be yourself, if you truly want to be free, you need other people. You really do.
0: Well, that's a... V- a very interesting and dynamic uh, input because there can also be that moment of the relationships are complex because, Mm -hmm. you know, throwing off the conditioning of parental and the past that Mm -hmm. you've been brought in, which leads up to uh, the 10th house. But relationships are core, of course. You know, we aren't here to be hermits. That's so true. So there is a point where taking that... And putting it out in, in a way, and like you say, the, there's such great gift in getting that feedback and, uh, and reality it, check.
1: Yeah, and, and just if you think about it, then freedom also implies risk. Mm. There has to be a risk to take the steps that are necessary in order for you to be yourself. And in order to be yourself, you need other people. So you have to risk a relationship with somebody else. And that's not necessarily easy. It depends on the climate. depends on where you are. I'll give you an example from my own, my own history. I learned a certain type of astrology. I was absolutely persuaded that that astrology was the only astrology that worked. Okay? Eventually, basically through Marcella helping me, we became involved in the Astrology Association in Washington. And then I was exposed to different types of astrology. And at first I fought hard against it because, no, no, no. This is my astrology is the astrology that's right. But then I started to listen. I started to open my mind and I started to just observe people and then have a conversation with them. And I started to realize, you know what? There are many ways that lead to Rome in the astrology world. People are quite sophisticated. Um, There's different ways to connect with people and even in astrology it's sort of like a hologram you take this slice of of it you got psychological astrology you take this slice of it you got ea astrology you got this slice of it you got traditional astrology you take another slice and you got cosmobiology vedic. <laughs> you know you take another slice and you got vedic astrology there's there's there must be thousands of ways to look at the same information from a different way and garner information out of that And that's actually freeing, too, because now you freed yourself from a very narrow tunnel of mind and vision. And now you realize that, wow, look at the possibilities that are out there. So uh, and I I owe the Seattle, Washington Astrology Associations uh, for that because they really helped my mind come out of its uh, cave. I understand the cave metaphor because I was in a cave.
0: I will also second that support and mention that. For astrologers to join your local group mm-hmm. is such a great gift. It's a n- They're all independent, or many of them, and there's some chapters that are involved. But it's such a great networking and training. I, too, have learned an enormous amount. It's great to plug the Washington State Astrology Association. And I think when you look that up online for those people in Seattle, because there's monthly meetings and often with a lecture on a Thursday night, the second second Thursday of every month, and then also on the weekend, not all weekends following, but most weekends, many weekends, there's an extensive workshop where I've heard just astounding astrology. So I agree. And that's the beautiful part about astrology because it is Aquarian ruled, and Aquarius itself that wants to break open. And that's where it has the bad reputation of having a crisis. But if one is sensitive to the changes that, the unsatisfaction of life in some dimension, one is ready to let their mind open up. It sounds like you were with uh, listening. And then interestingly, that was on an astrology basis. But it it's, it's really where um, changing the, the set pattern, breaking it up. Yeah, you know. that's
1: good. There was a study. Well, there's been many studies, I suppose. And one of the studies was they were looking at the qualifi- uh, qualities that people wanted in their life. And one of the qualities was, I, I want things not to change. And then one of the other qualities was, I want diversity. I want to be excited. <laughs> I want things to change. And so what you're saying there in 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 a way the reason there's a crisis is is because people mm-hmm. resist change even though we want change. It's hard. It's, it, we have to come out of our comfort shells. We have to come out of the patterns and the routines that we've created for ourselves. We have to risk being something that we're that's unknown. We have to move into places unknown. We have to be something that we may not have thought we we may have thought about, but we're afraid of it. Because we haven't been there before. So there's a, you know, there's a fear angle to all of this. But I thought it was so fascinating. I think I learned it from Anthony Robbins, in fact, mm-hmm. when he was going over that. And uh, uh, I, I found that grossly interesting because, um, I mean, I'm like that. I like change, but I don't like change. But I'm practical enough to realize that certain change is necessary.
0: I think so. it's the, re- the realization that change is not necessarily controlled. <laughs> I mean, if we could control it, and that's where a lot of vacations get sold. low, mm-hmm. you're going to be at a certain location and certain things are happening. You can visualize your whole experience, sunny days, if you want sun. But the reality experience tells a person, oh my gosh, it shifted a lot of things. It's altered. But for growth, it's necessary. And we mm-hmm. are meant to grow. It's, mm-hmm. it, and so, yes, it's that polarity too. I was reading that. Aquarius and Uranus isn't either or, it's and Mm -hmm. both. both. So it can hold both polarities. So actually that's not, it seems like a dichotomy, but yet, and that could be the tension too, you know, wanting to serve both at the same time.
1: I I think it's all of those. Uh, We've talked about that at the workshops where we have a tendency to see Aries opposed to libra but aries and libra are on the same axis so they're they're both part and parcel of each other you can't really have the one without that you can't have the one without the many you can't have the many without the one because the many is a bunch of ones yes so you can't have the self without the non-self and so on and so forth and it's the same thing as you walk around to the different signs in this case like you said it's aquarius and then there's leo on the other side and they both are creative but they do it differently. One does it for the self. One does it for the for the benefit of the group. Uh, you know
0: this Aquarius Leo axis. It's mm-hmm. the freedom to be true and on your unique path. Mm-hmm. And there's I have I love clipping things out of papers. There's this wonderful actually I don't think what Paul Smith. He's no longer alive. He was born in 1921 to 2007, and he had a Born in Philly, mm-hmm. he had cerebral palsy so he couldn't mm-hmm. have his fine motor skills mm-hmm. of his hands and face so he couldn't express himself and he couldn't even clothe himself. He was really very um, required great assistance. However at 15 he learned about the typewriter and he became a typewriter artist. He would mm-hmm. use one hand over the other and punch those keys and he'd use 10 keys and he has books now that are col- with his art collections. He has. He did Roosevelt, The Last Supper. He did watercolor of patriots, animals. It's just incredible. So, when that creativity and that sense of being unique, I think for when one feels that yearning, like I don't know if you've read James Hillman. Oh yes, I was yeah. just looking
1: at a couple of his books today. Yes,
0: the uh, the code. What is it, James Hillman? Soul's code. Soul's code. Mm-hmm. That is so wonderful about the acorn. The analogy of the acorn that here's this little seed, rather a beautiful seed, but it grows into this enormous oak tree. So it is this part of ourself that isn't ourself actually, as he says, it's something that we hold that yearns, that's the idea, yearns to be out and to be seen. And it can be quite demanding if not seen and handled, mm-hmm. you know, and so the entire process, so that for for all the people there that listening, thinking, "Oh, if only I could uh, become whatever." Of course, there's many steps, but to realize that this idea of being having it be seen is important. Mm-hmm. You
1: know? I think. I think, um, and I've, I've spent I don't know 35, 40 years learning this uh, from. One of the things that I found early was self-improvement strategies. And, you know, the, the key to becoming anything is you got to first get a vision of it. You have to see it. You, gotta, you have to be able to look out there and stretch that hand out and push that vision out there and see what that vision is going to look like. And then once you see what that vision is going to look like, then you sit there and you say, okay, where am I now? And then that creates a gap. And then within that gap, you break that down into a series of, of unique steps for yourself. And then you break it down until it's one little teeny manageable thing each day that you do, continuing to see where you want to go. Does this little thing get me in that direction? Yes, it does. Okay, I'm going to do it. And uh, you keep doing that. And, and if you do that, you will create tremendous things. Any, anyone who has a desire in their heart already pretty much has the skill set. And even in this gentleman that you were talking about, From Philly who used the the, the patterns on a key in order to create art he had an idea of what that was going to look like that wasn't just an accident he probably he probably sat there many times looking at that and that creative spur that was in him that normally might have been expressed with a brush or initially a crayon or a pastel or a, a pencil with ink he wound up using a typewriter as his as his art brush. Yes. And, um, and that's another example of, like you were saying, the uniqueness. But we all have that. If we have a desire to do something, who put that desire there? Why is it there? And if it's there, why aren't you acting on it? Because if we will, we can achieve it.
0: I think knowing that, as it said for the 11th house, I am my aspirations, mm-hmm. it really is a signature that a person can hold on to because – the other part too is it's it's very clear. I mean, I like once you see a vision, but there are times when one is so filled up with other old stuff that it just needs to be cut away, mm-hmm. needs to be dropped, sure. so that you know, liberated and illuminated, so that you that area can be, uh, gr- you know, have some growth.
1: And and that's a good example of when you get a Uranian transit. Yeah, you got Saturn. That's your growth. That's your overgrowth. That's your sa- keeping you safe staying in the same place, I don't want to move, I feel comfortable here. But on the other hand, you are a growth being. You are designed to grow and to continue to grow as long as you're here and in many different areas, not just one area. So what is it? What is it that's going to come along and and give you that push? Well, usually it's some form of crises, something that happens, something that knocks you out of that comfort zone. And then once you get out of it, then you get a chance to reorientate yourself. And in that reorientation, that's the Uranian aspect saying, okay, now what are you going to do with this?
0: You know, the beautiful part, too, about the community concept necessary with the Aquarian mind that wants to improve and, and connect with like-minded is those ideas and heartfelt yearnings that might seem weird to your family or weird to your co-workers, Suddenly to this like-minded group are magnificent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just go right in step and in tune. So that's another real thing. That's
1: important. that's if you have a group that is supportive, but let's say again from my example from my life history, I'm a born again Christian. Okay? I believe my faith to this day. Not actually practicing with my community because my community doesn't feel the same way about it. I their idea about what I believe about astrology or what I think is contrary to what they've been told. And they haven't been able to create the kind of mind that's able to look outside a tradition or outside a status quo and say, well, maybe the status quo doesn't know it all. But I, you know, for my whole life, God gave me an independent mind. And I'm just in my later years learning really how to use it and trust it. And um, I think through using my mind, I'm listening to God. And that means that the, the more I listen, the more I feel I'm on the right path with my astrology. It's yes. kind of an interesting thing. But I I spent 40, 50 years fighting against that. So
0: Well, it's very true. You bring up a good point. So in other words, the group, because there's different all so many different groups or mm-hmm. communities, and it can just be one that oneself begins. I remember mm-hmm. I myself sure. had, had a very long spiritual growth from not... From being raised where I, at least the way I remember being raised, questioning and not having any alignment with any kind of spirituality. But because I am j- basically a very spiritual person, we are all spiritual people, but um, such a driving need in me that I went through a huge amount of transgressions and, and developments where am I going now with this <laughs> let's see it was a long path if, 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 yeah. if you're worried about the transgressions
1: don't we we all have sins well, and fall know, short of the glory
0: well no the whole idea was okay so that's it so at one time I was following uh the Christian faith and mm-hmm. without any disrespect because I too had felt I was um aligned with that and then shifted gears later but for my own personal self. But during that time, I was fascinated to find there were churches that were both Christian and Jewish. Mm-hmm. And so that there you go. I mean, that's one very uh, abrasive, uh, uh resource of a group. So in other words, I would think that astrology, because I, I think there's quite a few people I have, I become aware of through Facebook people's comments there's quite a few very devoutly religious people that are astrologers, and it would be a fascinating thing to bring those people together. That I mean, that's not something I personally have a motive in doing. So that that needs to be clear. But I I can see for others. So in other words, I think that is a good example. You know, as you had brought up for yourself, or however else it might be, that a person wants to express that that something so important to themselves but has no audience, you know, that can give that feedback mm-hmm. and recognition and growth and it's required like we, you were yeah. bringing up in the beginning.
1: I mean, sometimes if you are an audience of one and you can't find a group, then mm-hmm. you have to be the leader of your group mm-hmm. and then you have to be willing to put yourself out there and then attract others of like-mindedness. And uh, But on the other hand, the chances are there's probably people out there like you. One Absolutely. of the advantages of Facebook and, and the online stuff, uh, the good things and sometimes the not so good things, is that there, there are people of every persuasion that are able to find people that think just like them.
0: Yeah, there's that so, online group called Meet Up that has everything from ra- getting stamps to going to a mm-hmm. movie to talking a language. Mm-hmm. We will take a brief announcement break, and this is Talk Cosmos with John Foster and Sue Rose Minahan. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Aquarius, ruled modernly by Uranus, and Saturn in traditional astrology by the ancients. By leaving a cycle based on governing structures through both man-made and universal laws, Aquarius breaks established patterns, permitting the energy of freedom, just as its ruling planet, Uranus, spins on its side and orbits backwards. As a fixed air sign represented by the water bearer pouring the spirit of cosmic energy Aquarius seeks to find like-minded, intuitively aligned souls to connect in social groups for the elevation and improvement of all.
1: Celebrate your star energy blessings. Schedule a natal astrology chart consultation with Talk Cosmos host, Sue Rose Minahan. You'll learn to better understand what personally fuels your soul's seed direction sue focuses on your questions to connect you into your unique heart's desire and your true soul past birth essence including a recording and a copy of your chart schedule by emailing info at that's info at talkcosmos.com
0: hey this is tara all resident
1: astrologer for sage goddess in los angeles And you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative
0: Talk, 1150 AM, where we bring the planets and signs to life here on Earth. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. Hello again. Talk Cosmos with John Foster and Sue Rose Minahan, February 16th, talking about Aquarius and the freedom to be unique. And that brings up a couple of other issues. Of, of thinking that Aquarius, not Aquarius, but Uranus that rules Aquarius, actually has a cycle of 84 years in incremental stages of seven that are very important to just living in life, one realizes in that the dynamics of looking at the cycles of astrology. And the first being the first seven years, and they relate often to the developmental aspects around the chart so like beginning with Aries and Taurus and this I was just reading a wonderful book that goes at depth about this cycles of becoming Alexander Ruperti. and so and I'm mentioning this without going into great detail of it which I might mention a bit here because like at the half at 28 to 35 is 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 your leo is when you do manifest your own freedom and often a time when you're really working into your own adult way of life but the point is is that we have stages and so for those that want freedom in this whole quest we that is our birthright and the quest can be long and or it can be instant you know there's no rules about this but For instance, there's a ballerina here in Seattle. She was with the Pacific Northwest Ballet for 25 years, and she just left, and now she's an aerial um, artist and up high above, uh, is at a theater, and a dinner theater called Teatro. Oh, boy, where is, I'm trying to find my notes. So many people here in the Northwest would know about it, but at any rate... So she's delighted. She loves it. And that, that's more of a, ob, an obvious success, perhaps. You never know her story. But the fact is, there are stages. And just following up two thoughts with that, as we go with the seven-year increments, the one at Libra is a real turning point, 42 to 49, because it's op- opposite to the natal. There's that oh, uh, formula. I, I hate to say the word formula, but there's that whole, John, what would be the name? Uh, opposing, the opposition. Mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm. thank you. And so that's a time when it's a period of deep psychological reorientation. And, the, and this is depending on how your whole growth is, but it has potentiality. So by the time when is in the Sag, seven year cycle between fifty six and sixty three, theoretically could be a third birth of uh, of this individual life that one is living, and then a uh, progressively on. So, lots to look at and lots to learn. <laughs>
1: I think an interesting way, sometimes it's easier to see these things. Yes, you you mentioned the Uranian cycle, and that's all about self-individuation. Obviously, it starts for each of us differently because we have a different cycle in in our chart, depending on when we were born, depending on the year. But let's take it out to something like that we're seeing in the culture. Back in the 60s, we had Pluto, uh, Uranus-Pluto conjunction, and we had the start of a revolution. We had the start of, of change that the culture we had the the love fest with uh with ourselves we had the breaking down of traditions uh heretofore we had a humongous crisis in the country and then it seemed to it, it was there hot for a good 10 years so then it fiddled away now here we are we we just went past the square of that so we see the developmental tension a shift in gears uh, we've seen the the same themes recur different peeps different set of people different group but we've seen the same theme of Followed culture through. individuation. The culture wants to be all that it can be. The culture wants to create an environment where the self can individuate in itself. So, But at the square, it's a crisis point. The things that were promised at the conjunction didn't happen. So now we have people that are very angry about it. We have people that are upset. They're damn going to make sure this thing happens and they're out there trying to make it happen. We all wind up benefiting from it. It's not an easy time, and sometimes that's what happens with growth.
0: It's not easy. Well, life is cycles. It's Mm -hmm. absolutely true. Cycles and phases, because when one first has, like, a brainstorm, for instance, let's say these two planets, Uranus and uh, Pluto, got together during 65, 66, around that, and then give or take some years, but that was really the crunch of it. Uh, There was so much that got ignited, you know, everything from environment to civil rights, to what about wars, you know, mm-hmm. because generally many, many health, so many themes. and then, as it is like 2012 to fifteen, there was a square, mm-hmm. and it sort of bled over before and after many ramifications of those of those because there's so much to do, and it's true. and I get and for us, we did think, oh, maybe some things were solved, but not really a lot of work and that is the same with our individual life it just is we're in process we're in participating mm-hmm. with it i think
1: i think process is a good way to see it um i learned i learned something over the years i like i said earlier i was a big fan of self-improvement strategies and i every time I, a new book would come out or a new thought leader would come out i would listen to it or i would read it i would implement some of the ideas and I continued to do this for a good 30 years. And it wasn't until much later I realized, oh, my God, I am on a hamster wheel. I, if I am constantly, there's one thing about being yourself, and ex, but part of being yourself is accepting who you are. But when you're on a hamster wheel, you're not accepting who you are. You're saying, you know what, I'm still not good enough. I'm still not good enough. I'm still not being me. You could be being you, but you're never going to be perfect. The process is ongoing, but you have to do it in such a way that you, through all your flaws, through all your weaknesses, through all your strengths, at that moment in time, you accept who you are and realize that 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 is the best that you can be then. Then you uh, you pile on some new knowledge, and then you pile on a new strategy, and then all of a sudden you make some shifts, and now you're that moves you forward again. But then you get to that point, and the whole process is really about. I I think it's really about people talk about being authentic, but if you want to be authentic, just accept who you are. Just start with that.
0: Just I start love with it. that
1: idea about uh, just accepting who you are.
0: It's vital. Mm-hmm. Oh, John, this is absolutely great. In fact, I'll that re- clues in a couple of other uh, uh, quotes. Aristotle, I don't know if this is a quote, but he says each individual is born with a unique set of potentials mm-hmm. yearning to be mm-hmm. fulfilled, like the oak from the acorn, of course, mm-hmm. as with um, the book I was mentioning. But, yes, we. Oh, here's another one. Uh, he says. Our re- we, I wish I knew. Oh, and th- he went on to say our responsibility or someone. Uh, someone <laughs> said. Someone said. Yeah. Take our talents. We find and. Live them because, and develop the things we're good at and stop kicking ourselves mm-hmm. for what we're not.
1: Exactly, exactly. Enjoy your strengths, you know? We tend, we tend to see the strengths in other people and project onto them and say, oh my God, look at them.
0: Oh, yes. Aren't they amazing? Comparison.
1: Right, but we have the same things inside of us. So why not just enjoy those aspects of us and accept them and then enjoy them in ourselves? And then we wouldn't have to project them onto other people. We don't need a movie star. We wouldn't need a a rock star. We wouldn't need it because in our own way, we're all movie stars. We're all rock stars.
0: Yes, that's another thing. Soul has no mediocrity. Mm -hmm. It's all equal. It's all of great Mm -hmm. strength. That's right. And how one person supports and contributes is so important. There's great movies about that, you know.
1: There's there's plenty of great um, movies and things because why? Because people live out those ideals that we long and uh, want to live out ourselves And going back to the acorn, I use that analogy myself lots of times or or seed. I say that we're you know, we're just like a, a seed will grow in event it always grows into a tree or this particular seed will always grow into a watermelon or this. The thing about being a human being is you don't know what the seeds going to grow into. Because human beings have an infinite potential, you just have to trust. But in a way, you do know because inside of you, you know what you want to be. I knew, Sue, so, as soon as I heard about this show, that Sue was going down the path that she <laughs> she should go. It's so fit who Sue wanted to be, and I loved it. I remember, I yes. was like,
0: "You've been a great supporter," oh. and I'm so thrilled. It very helpful uh,
1: to boot, and you're being and your seed is blossoming, yeah, and blooming.
0: Yes, John helps works with the website and I am eternally grateful. And it's been a great gift
1: and well, more so as a benefit too. Well, it's because of you.
0: It is really and this is another collaboration is mm-hmm. really where the extension goes beyond, you know, being part of your study group and seeing the great strides of I um, I can hardly wait to see the software come out. This will be very exciting. You know, there's some other quotes here that there was a, I think everybody saw this in the newspaper. She was a dropout, but she became a San Francisco uh, Federal Reserve Bank leader, and her name Mm -hmm. was Mary C. Daly. Mm -hmm. She said, don't give up. And then there's an author, Pam Houston. She wrote a book about cowboys, and I think it is, oh, cowboys are my weakness, and then (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she, <yeah. laughs> Great title. Mm-hmm. And then she has another one that she's just put out, which is Deep Creek, Finding Hope in the High Crunch Country. Because as it turns out, she bought this 120 acres and found out finally, guess what? She thought to herself, I am now a cowboy. And so she's actually uh, signing papers to put the ranch into an environmental land trust at one point. Because, she said, I realized I could make my own life. She could have her own ranch and be her own cowboy. So, you know, maybe we're not all... Well, anything you want to do can be extreme. Because for some reason, it hasn't maybe happened before. And so by you doing it, it's the first time. So from that standpoint, it's all extreme. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of the, the shock. Because for the soul... Or, or i don't know if it's a soul but there is this objective self that begins to question how do you think what do you think how why is that you know question and wanting proof and 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 a, a linear line to things and life isn't another part of aquarius is that intuition you know it is this breaking outside of what we brought up mm-hmm. earlier you did particularly, you know the unknown so
1: yeah. That, well, where does the lightning bolt come from? We don't know. Right. It comes from somewhere and then all of a sudden you go. Oh, I see. Where does that sense of awareness come from? Something sparks it something. And, and we always give uh, Arana's credit for having that kind of uh, uh, ability to spark us to something. But, you know, I was thinking of a couple of things. I want to make 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 sure that we all understand is that none of what we said necessarily comes easy. Mm. You have to work at it. Uh, And sometimes there's obstacles. We don't know why some people have more obstacles than others, but let's face it, some people do. But we see time and time again that if a person will just continue to work through those obstacles, that's not a Uranian thing. That's just you being your true self and saying, you know what? I'm not going to let anything get in the way of what it is that I want to accomplish. Um, and more
0: than that, that the, the, in the soul's code with James Hillman, mm-hmm. which is a, a a laborious book. Wonderful. It took <laughs> me a long time. I loved it, but I had to work at the reading the book. Write. Yeah. But <laughs> he, he goes into this, it's called the Damon, D A I M O N of this, this, energy that we're born within to be that it can it can be comforting and whatnot but it can be demanding it can be quite obstinate when we don't answer the call Mm -hmm. and so that is really the message to know is that in our development we come on this earth given opportunity within our very being to be just exactly what we want to be. And as you say, it is a quest. It is a path. And
1: and like you just said, we come in equipped with at least a little bit of help. So in a way, if we are truly in sync with ourselves and listen to ourselves, we're never really alone because we always have ourselves.
0: Very good. Because there is the possibility of trying to escape or not listen and not deal with the changes th- for our growth that become apparent, and then we just keep repeating the same old patterns and the problems. And and it is a sense of alignment, as you were saying. Um, I was trying to tie that in. Let's see, what was it about uh, the vision, but of where you want to be. There's a lot of failures that happen. Sure. Uh, and the failures can be Those are n- your not getting stuck on that whole idea mm-hmm. of a failure. It was just n- not the full growth potential yet. You know, there's something about it that needed to be revised or, or, re- or set back. And sometimes it is emotional and it takes a long time to recollect ourselves because it's connected mm-hmm. to so many other things. I don't
1: know. And, uh, you know, I've, lear- I've met in my lifetime hundreds and maybe thousands of people. I know no one who ever tried to do anything of importance in their life who never ran into obstacles, who never ran into problems, who never ran into new learning that needed to take place. You know, often we forget to realize that in order to become whatever it is that we want, um, it's not really something out there. It's something inside of us that has to develop. Again, we're talking about the seed blossoming into what its potential is. So that means it's there. You have to give it opportunity. But yes, there's going to be tremendous obstacles, tremendous things that get in the way. But I, you know, I learned something from a, a book back in 1976. Two things that have really honestly propelled me my entire life. One of them was, and it was by an author by the name of Napoleon Hill. And he said, if the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. Now that sounds Pollyanna, but belief is not just intellectual. Belief is I so believe this that I am going to do whatever it takes and what is ever necessary and go through whatever walls and whatever obstacles that it is in order to get to where I want to go. And the second one is, is every adversity has within it the seeds of an equivalent or greater benefit. So yeah. that means that no matter what happens to you, if you truly stand back from it and look at it, you will see maybe the reasons why it happened or and which will then make you alter your course or maybe you'll see something that that was staring you in the face the whole time and you couldn't see it until you smacked into the wall okay and then all of a sudden the wall got your attention but there's something in that and if, if you remember those things or some similar sort of phrase you can make it through almost anything that happens to you
0: you really exhibit having Uranus right on your ascendant that detached Ability to be able to objectify, which is Mm -hmm. so important, not just being engrossed, which, you know, as a Scorpio, really can be uh, quite... Yes, my my emotional
1: depth is met by my ability to be objective at times. Um, I wish it were more (laughs) (laughs) objective at times, but yes, yes, I I can go rather... But it's a good
0: example, you know, the necessity, again, the polarities Mm -hmm. of just some dynamics, which you're bringing up, and this... What you just said about adversity and the greater and the benefit. greatest benefit—you know, there's many. Well, I love to study a Kabbalah. Not mm-hmm. that I do every day, but I have for some years, and I keep returning to it. And it's with that idea that in the shadow of life, with our issues and confrontations, is mm-hmm. the light mm-hmm. that really uh, serves us. Mm-hmm. It's not always easy to think, and I don't. I am human. They're saying, oh, great, what a wonderful problem. Now I get to have, you know, a a light parade. (laughs) But actually, (laughs) I could be saying that because what we say and what we envision does happen. So, okay, And not only that,
1: that light is you. That light is me. That light is always in us. It's there. But are we being a bushel over our light? That's the question. Ah. If we take that bushel off, people can see it and they'll see us because we are the light. Each and every one of us. I like that phrase. A bushel.
0: A bush or a bushel? bushel?
1: A bushel over. Hiding. Hiding the light. We hide the light. We don't, for some reason, we don't want people to see who we are. But in seeing us, by taking that bushel off and exposing ourselves, that's also part of the process of becoming who it is that we want to be.
0: Yes. And this cycle of growth that's necessary Mm -hmm. for development, it With crisis, which has a bad, which can be extremely um, painful painful is the right Mm -hmm. word, if we haven't recognized the need for change, Mm -hmm. something comes in and just sweeps it away. So, and we can have often a pattern. You know, we weren't all uh, easily raised the same way. I'm trying to think of this one author that, oh, I know, the cowboy cowboy the woman who wrote Pam Houston, she said she had alcoholic parents. She used to hide in the dryer to mm-hmm. keep away from her father on his drunken, you know, um, ish times. So it's, it's, and it's all relative. You know, whatever we may have experienced, that, that separation of not feeling or safety or feeling free, uh, welcomed of, of who our identity is, Uh it. Yes, yes, that can really be a separation. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, again, it's just another echo that, you know, sometimes pain is part of the process. You know, uh, there's there's not a spiritual discipline that you will learn unless it's fallacious that will tell you that pain is and suffering are not part of the process because we're human it's it's part of of our dna in a way our spiritual dna uh it's what keeps us humble it's what teaches us to grow it's what makes us helps us to become empathetic toward other people we need that unfortunately that's um but you know the other thing too is that sometimes there are things happen to us outside of that we have no control we had no idea they were going to happen tragedies happen god forbid um, things happen to people we love, God forbid, um, but how do we respond to it? How does that encourage or help us to become stronger in order to bring ourselves onward and upward?
0: And I think this ties in with what I was actually pulling, trying to pull together was is that how we respond differently. Can, is a huge part of the process. Mm-hmm. Becoming aware as you... Re- and being aware of all of this, that, that's a big factor with the Aquarian principle, is to awaken, to illuminate, which we've discussed in roundabout, but, you know, with those words.
1: Just think of the word awaken. Awaken, yes, awaken means awaken. your eyes are open, which means that you see.
0: Because Be- I'm not really trying... Yes, because mm-hmm. I'm not... Without trying to say, oh, dear... Um, because you have issue, any of us might have our issues, we can't be. But in spite of that, if we can learn that, yes, our process might be hampered by these fears that are, we're legitimate. But yet, at some point, we have a choice of, of, of stepping beyond. And that's where the, for me too, because this is Aquarius, astrology helped so much showing the cycles of the nature mm-hmm. and development
1: Absolutely, yeah. for uh, and, you know, as we've often said, as above, so below; as within, so without. Somehow, we we echo and mirror what we see up there, and somehow that ec- they echo and mirror what we have within us. There's there's something beyond what all of this. I have, I've read many different approaches to it. I've not come up with an answer to it. It's a mystery to me, which maybe is why I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we know we know that it offers insight. I think everybody owes it to themselves, honestly, to have a good astrologer, Uh, someone who really can sit down and and help them develop into who they can become. I think it's an important part.
0: And learn a little bit about the actual energies, because they are these wonderful energies.
1: Uh, mm -hmm, Because the energies are us.
0: The 11th house, because it's the second house from the 10th, Mm -hmm. and there is this relationship. That's what I was thinking of before with Aries and and uh, the opposition will also, the, the houses, one next to the other, that would be like the Taurean
1: sure. you know, mm-hmm.
0: archetype of resources. So really, it's, this was where Alan Oaken in Houses of the Horoscopes, and that's another thing, if you want to read about astrology, there's wonderful books and resources to find out a little information. Mm-hmm. But he's saying that take by taking advantage of the resources built from the 10th, it relates to in our eleventh house of the dreams, hopes, and aspirations that we have. Sure. So from that standpoint, that uh, and, really and if opens you take you
1: take it at another level, you see the tenth in its group sense, where we were going with Aquarian. Then this is utilizing the resources of the group. So it yes. it, it takes on to another level. Another this is why dimension. it's so important to become exposed to other people and become part of it. Um, another way of seeing it is that psychodynamically. It's the second, so if, the, M- if the, MC- the MC, the 10th house, becomes your first and sort of represents the self of the group, then this becomes the self-worth of the group. And so your yes. self-worth is improved by being part of a group. Beautiful. See?
0: Yes, I like this. That's where, again, showing the different uh, disciplines of focus. You know, it's like philosophy has the same box, but depending on where you're sitting, it looks like it a different box. It looks
1: like a different box. Yeah. There you go.
0: So it's, they all add up to describe the, mm-hmm. the whole facet of it. Oh, wait a minute. Here, I do need to make a little announcement. And then before we close, and that is it. Next week, we'll begin Pisces archetype. And Jeff Peters, who spoke with us on the third talk back in April 21st, will be returning. And Jeff is a shamanic astrologer here in the Northwest, just outside of Seattle, and he get, you can check on my Talk Cosmos and um, putting up his, uh, updating his guest information because he does uh, weekly events in his area. So we will enter. And tonight is, is with John Foster of software, um, Eternity Software, and also with Washington State astrology association and we have just a couple of minutes here john and
1: and, um and also uh, if you're interested in my particular perspectives about anything or any you require any help in order to achieve some of your goals become who you can possibly be then you can also check out our website at jmastro.com
0: yes and that will be on the guest it'll stay there on talk cosmos so just look at john foster and that'll be great so consciousness for new growth, using that intuition, the communication process. It is air, and so it's a fixed air sign, and it wants us to get it together.
1: <laughs> it wants us to think and hold
0: our space. Oh, I like that, mm-hmm. and share that space, and, and, and bring others. in a, a, a space for others, mm-hmm. yes, and upright. Thank you, thank you. All right, thank you
1: very <laughs> much. So this was fun.